You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Michigan's $4.6 billion unemployment fund could run out of money in a matter of six months if it continues to be drained at the current rate. That is according to a piece by Chad Livengood this week in Crane's Detroit Business. He reports that the state has one of the healthiest unemployment trust funds in the country, and it has taken nine years to build up. But even that might not last very long, as a million jobless workers draw benefits for an average of more than 19 weeks. The question is, how long will that fund last, and what happens if it runs out? That's where we want to continue the conversation, and we want to hear from you if you are collecting unemployment, how are you feeling about your future and your ability to stay afloat through this crisis and beyond? Do you feel confident that there will be support for you there as promised, especially as we start talking about people getting back to work? Are you worried that you might be ordered back to work and not be able to collect the unemployment that you're getting now? We especially want to hear from you if you're one of the people who's collecting unemployment now who wasn't eligible just a few weeks ago, members of the gig economy or self-employed people. What has that change meant for your ability to support yourself and your family during this time? And do you worry that if unemployment runs out, you might not have a lot of other options? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about this issue is Chad Livengood, who is a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. He wrote that piece in Crane's this week titled $4.6 billion unemployment fund will last only months at current burn rate. Chad, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Uh, First, uh, before we get to that subject, we just heard a couple of former colleagues remember Morris Heard III, who passed away from COVID-19 this week. You covered the state legislature during the time that uh, Hood was serving. Talk about your own memories of him and what his presence meant at the state capitol. Yeah, Mo Hood was uh, a professional um, at being uh, a member of the legislature. He he took it pretty seriously. He really, uh, you could tell he respected the institution, the being in the place. Part of that just comes from growing up in the place because his legendary father, uh, Representative uh, Morris Hood uh, Jr., uh, had represented Detroit for almost 30 years in, in the legislature. And and so uh, he had a sense of pride about the place, uh, about the about the institution, about respecting uh, people. And as, as Jeff Hansen was just saying, about relationships, too. Um, and though that's increasingly um, in short supply in the Capitol these days. Uh, is the importance of relationships and in, in knowing each other, um, and really, um, you know, uh, learning trust. Uh, not, in, of course, across across the aisle, but also within your own party. I mean, too many people in the legislature don't even know uh, one another personally anymore um, because there's there's they're they're there so with such a short period of time, and often they are uh, because of term limits. They're focused on what's their next gig. Uh, and you could always tell that, that Mo Hood was not one of those people. Hmm. Um, let's talk about unemployment and the trust fund and the rate at which it's being drained. $4.6 billion is a lot of money. 
it took us a long time to build that up. That was one of the things that Governor Rick Snyder really focused on, uh, trying to make sure was left better than when he got into office. Uh, why are we in danger of blowing all of that at this point after just two months of this pandemic? We're in danger of blowing that probably by August because of the uh, magnitude of the number of people who are drawing on it all at once. Uh, I mean, we didn't have this this number of people go on unemployment all at once during the Great Recession. We had 800 some odd thousand people who came on unemployment at different stages in 2008, 2009. Just a little historical context. In, the, in January 2008, after Michigan had been suffering through a single-state recession for many years, we had about $40 million in the bank uh, uh, to begin the Great Recession for our unemployment trust fund. So we are uh, light years ahead at $4.6 billion, and, and that we have more money. Michigan has more money in its trust fund than Ohio, Illinois, and Indiana combined. And there's a couple of policy reasons behind that. Uh, I mean, the, the big one, obviously, not, not from a policy standpoint, but the growing economy for nine-plus years uh, really helped uh, the record low unemployment that we had. I mean, just in February, we were at a 20-year low unemployment uh, in, in Michigan, and and so there was very little uh, draw on the on the on the on the uh, trust fund. And then we had some policy changes in 2011 that Rick Snyder and the Republican legislature implemented. They they cut the number of weeks for unemployment from 26 to 20 weeks, mm-hmm. um, and they also kept the benefit low. Um, the $362 maximum weekly benefit ranks among the bottom 10 of states and Michigan has been frozen in place since 2002. Um, and so, so that keeping that benefit low and, and, and lowering the number of weeks uh, did help uh, over time, the state build up a larger fund uh, to prepare for this moment. But because of, like I said, the, because of the magnitude of, of the number of people going on uh, from all at once, uh, the projections now coming from the Up, Upjohn Institute in Kalamazoo is that this this fund could be burned through by by August. Mm. So, what would that mean if the fund runs out of money? Do people who are qualified for unemployment, and as I said in the open, we've got a lot of people who are now qualified who weren't before. Uh, do they just not get their checks? No, they, they'll, they'll still get their checks. But what happens is the state has to start borrowing from the federal government. The federal government will, will loan you loan states money interest free. Um, and we did this pretty uh, uh, significantly during the Great Recession. We borrowed about $4 billion. And in 2011, after coming out of the Great Recession, that bill came due. And Michigan had to borrow, go out and actually put out issue bonds of $3.2 billion to pay the federal government back because the federal government wanted to charge all $3.2 billion to employers immediately, which would have been a pretty massive uh, tax hike for employers in one foul soup. So what the, what, the, what the Snyder administration did was they went out and borrowed this money. And those bonds, Stephen, just got paid off in December. Um, so just just perspective of uh, it took a decade to build up this you know relative very healthy fund, and then also took a decade to pay off the debt from the last recession. Hmm. So the, what happens here is there will be a hangover period at some point, and if you start borrowing money, then eventually you have to um, find a way to to pay that off, and that that cost then gets borne by by employers of Michigan.
Well, and of course, the federal government is also borrowing massive amounts of money in order to infuse that money into the economy and into state and uh, and local governments. Uh, is there a danger that they might not be able to do as much as they should be doing to try to keep people afloat during this thing? Yeah, we have a situation here where we're borrowing borrowed money, uh, uh, essentially. I mean, and we haven't even really seen the full bill for this, uh, uh, for the economic stimulus uh, that, that the federal government has been putting up, um, both in the, uh, for, for the unemployment, for the, uh, the loan funds for biz, small businesses, the bailouts for the big uh, businesses like airlines. I mean, there's a whole lot of trickle-down effect, and also state governments. Uh, uh, Governor Whitmer is actively uh, lobbying for Congress to allow the state to essentially backfill lost sales tax revenue um, uh, you know, with, with the uh, federal aid that's come in. So far, the, the Congress and the Treasury Department have not uh, granted that authority. Um, but the same situation will happen with unemployment as well. There may be a push by states to say, hey, we need... We need the federal government to um, to bail out these funds and and give us not interest-free loans, just give us another big block grant, basically, uh, to pay these costs. And so I think there's a, probably a battle that will be waged in Congress uh, probably as early as you know September, really, because a, a lot of these states, New York State, Michigan has twice as much money as New York State has, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, and Michigan is the number ten uh, state in population in in, this, in the country. And in those top 10 populous states, Michigan had the best funded uh, uh, trust funds. So uh, it's very it's very possible that you know, California, New York, um, and, and, and a few others, Illinois, will be going to the Fed asking for some type of relief um, in order to uh, relieve their businesses of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the additional tax. One thing we should note also is that makes this different um, this time is that at the outset of the shutdowns in March, Governor Whitmer and her executive orders exempted businesses from being exposed to higher unemployment taxes if their employees were forced out of work because of her shutdown orders. Um, so in normal times, um, uh, General Motors uh, lays off a thousand workers at at, uh, at the Detroit Hamtramck plant, for example, mm-hmm. the General Motors then gets charged what's called an experience factor based on their use of the unemployment trust fund. Um, so they get General Motors gets a higher tax, and and uh, this this is pretty you know uh, pretty prevalent in manufacturing, uh, the construction trades. So they all pay some of the highest taxes for unemployment because they because they lay off uh, in seasonal waves every year, and so. Um, this time, uh, there's not going to be that experience factor applied to these million-plus uh, Michigan workers uh, who are on, a, on unemployment. So, there, so the natural mechanism that's been built in to replenish the unemployment trust fund will not be there. That means it'll probably take longer to rebuild that fund um, be, just because we're not going to be penalizing uh, businesses who, whose, whose operations were shut down uh, in the name of trying to protect public health. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guest is Chad Livengood. He's senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. He wrote a piece this week titled $4.6 billion unemployment fund will last only months at the current 
burn rate. We're talking about that fund, that unemployment fund that so many people are relying on right now because of the disruption to work from the coronavirus pandemic. And what would happen if we burn through that $4.6 billion perhaps by the fall. We want to hear from you and join the conversation. Uh, If you're collecting unemployment, give us a call and tell us how you're feeling about your future and your ability to stay afloat through this crisis and beyond. Are you worried about unemployment being there uh, perhaps for many more weeks or months as we try to figure out how to get people back to work after the pandemic? Uh, Do you feel confident that there will be support for you as there has been promised? Uh, We especially want to hear from you if you're one of the people who's collecting unemployment now and wasn't eligible for it just a week ago or a few weeks ago. Members of the gig economy or people who are self-employed are now getting unemployment uh, because of changes. Uh, You weren't eligible for that for a long time. Uh, What has that change meant for your ability to support yourself and your family during this time? And if you are unable to continue to get unemployment, what would you do? What would that look like uh, for your household and your family? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. We especially want to hear from folks who are collecting unemployment right now and that is the way that you're getting through. Uh, Chad, I also want to talk with you about whether this says something about the way our unemployment system is set up. Uh, as you point out, we've got one of the healthiest trust funds in the country. We did a lot of things in the last decade to, to get there. Are there things that we should be thinking about perhaps differently that would prepare us even more. I mean, obviously a pandemic is not something that's going to happen over and over. uh, But does this teach us things about change that we ought to be considering? Well, one of the things that uh, Michigan also has in its system is it only taxes the first $9,000 of income. So, um, and some critics of this say this is essentially uh, a penalty on the working poor, that if you are working two or three jobs, um, you and you may cobble together $9,000 um, or $8,000 in each job. Um, you know, you work in, in, in a you know, janitor at night and then you work in a restaurant during the day. And then on the weekends, you work as a security guard um, somewhere else. And and so um, the, one of the, the criticisms here is that you're just you're just taxing that person three different times, while someone who makes uh, twenty seven thousand uh, dollars a year or, or, or in one job um, doesn't get taxed uh, twenty seven thousand dollars, whereas the person who who worked in three jobs at nine thousand dollars does. And so, or, or someone who's making hundred thousand dollars, they don't get taxed uh, nearly uh, uh, proportionally the same amount of their wages, and yet they can still draw the same benefit um, uh, when they when they get uh, abruptly um, unemployed. So that's one area that uh, that, that uh, it would might be possible there to might might might. might be necessary for for the uh, legislature to look at is expanding the the tax base. The average nationally is about fourteen thousand, uh, so and that's pretty typical for some of our 
of our um, um, our neighboring states. And so, and then the other other question out there, there's the push is is that maybe it's it's probably time to reconsider the maximum benefit um, with this pandemic insurance benefit of $600 a week that those gig economy uh, workers are getting. Everyone else is getting that as well. And so that makes the unemployment benefit maximum 962. That's the equivalent of $24 an hour. And so one of the, of the, of the uh, criticisms here is that there are people just don't want to come off of unemployment because it's uh, still much more lucrative than, than their, $15, $16 $15, an hour job they had mm-hmm. um, two months ago. And so one thing that the state is trying to push right now, the Labor Department is is trying to push employers to consider enrolling in what's known as the work share program. It started as kind of a, um, a pilot a couple of years ago. And, and what it essentially is, is it, it's a it's a partial unemployment benefit that allows you to go back to work, but still draw some unemployment. Um, and and so it, you can reduce an employer can reduce someone's hours ten to sixty percent, and then they can draw ten to sixty percent of that maximum three hundred sixty two dollar weekly benefit. And so just a quick uh, example that I got uh, from the labor department: um, if you make a thousand dollars a week, kind of easy numbers to figure out, and fifty two thousand dollars a year, you you work at sixty five percent of your normal hours. You get you get the you get the six hundred and fifty dollars in wages from your employer. You also get sixty five percent or thirty five percent less of your regular unemployment. Um, so you get one hundred twenty six dollars a week for that, and then you get the six hundred dollar weekly pandemic benefit from the federal government, and you can get this to the end of July. So so that person who made thousand dollars a week uh, could actually uh, make. $1,376 a week until the end of July. Mm. And this is something that the Labor Department is pushing as a way to transition workforces back into work, get people off unemployment. Um, and also, um, Stephen, the federal government is paying the whole tab here for this program. Mm. So it's a way to basically also get uh, uh, voice some of the costs off of the state trust fund, but also ease people back into the workforce. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue this conversation about the Unemployment Trust Fund, and we'll take your calls. Tom and St. Clair Shores, John on the east side, we'll hear from you. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Music, culture, and community. Every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined. We're talking about Michigan's Unemployment Trust Fund, which was quite healthy just a few weeks ago, but is being drained very fast by the high number of people who've lost work because of the pandemic. Uh, We're talking about what would happen if it does run out of money and what some solutions are, perhaps, going forward. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter 
put comments there. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Tom in St. Clair Shores. Tom, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Thank you. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I was laid off on March 24th and uh, applied for unemployment right away. And so far, I've gotten one check or one deposit for $362. And although I keep going back online to um, do my uh, sign-in and all that, I have gotten nothing since. There's no way to contact anyone Hmm. by the help phone number. You get kicked off. Um, and or the online chat. You can't get through on that. So there's no way to get any assistance when you're having a problem. And all this time, I've got nothing more than the three, $362 one-time payment. Wow. Tom, I'm really sorry that uh, that you've had that experience. And, and I, I don't know what else to tell you, but to, but to keep calling that number, we've had the folks from Unemployment Insurance Agency here on the program who talked about that and, and how to make sure people get through. Uh, Chad Livengood, this is another dimension of the problems here is that some people are still thwarted when they're trying to get through and get the unemployment that they're entitled to. Yeah, I've been writing about this for weeks. I, I, I wrote a couple of uh, in-depth stories about about people with ind- individual problems. Um, I've actually called on uh, called for other people now uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I, my recommendation would be to keep keep sending messages to the iChat. Uh, that that seems to be one of the better tools. The phones for the unemployment tr- unemployment system. Uh, just do not have the capacity for for this uh, uh, volume of people. Uh, they've acknowledged that uh, they can take five thousand calls a day, um, and some days they get fifty thousand calls, um, and sometimes it's even more. Um, so, uh, I, I'm, that's the, that's the that's one avenue. If you also reach out to me uh, via Twitter at uh, Chad Livengood, uh, my direct messages are open. I can try to pass along your your information. I've been successful getting a few people, few people's problems resolved. Yeah, yeah. So Tom again at Chad Livingood uh, on Twitter. Uh, that may do you better than waiting in line on the phones. Uh, let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, so I think this is a huge, huge conversation that actually begins with uh, raising the minimum wages. But so. For me, I am, I'm in the entertainment business, and they withhold, they, they take out unemployment insurance out of my checks, but a lot of my coworkers in the venues and such do not. And, in fact, this is one of our uh, things with the, the Fillmore. They were all 1099, and uh, we just uh, brought them into the IA, the local 38 in Detroit. And uh, so now they're, they've got pensions, they've got health and they've got, you know, the unemployment insurance. Mm. But a lot of people don't. And while I don't want to hang anybody out to dry, and that would be the last thing, there's got to be some kind of universal system where everybody pays in. Right. Yeah. Uh, John, I really appreciate the call and the perspective. Uh, Chad, what's your answer to what John's talking about there? Yeah, that, that's another point uh, of one of the things I do address in the article is that you have a system that has forever excluded part-timers, excluded uh, contractor workers, these 1099 workers you referenced. And so that's one of the, the debate points, too, is is, is there, there need, they need to be added to the system 
um, uh, arguably because uh, from 20 years ago, the gig economy is way different than it was 20 years ago. And there are a lot more contractors out there who work besides uh, beside, uh, regular employees inside all kinds of different types of businesses every day, except that business is paying unemployment for their uh, their payroll worker and they're not paying paying unemployment uh for for that uh contractor and so i think that that this whole experience is going to probably reopen that at that conversation uh along with that uh that 362 uh maximum benefit uh and the and one one thing to kind of note uh state representative terry uh, sabo uh, a muskegon democrat he's got a bill to increase it to 542 dollars a week uh, the Michigan League for Public Policy has been advocating for $593 a week, which would be about 58% of average weekly wages in Michigan. And so I, I think there's going to be a continued push to try to both expand the benefit uh, and broaden the tax base uh, and also broaden the uh, number of, of workers who are who are protected by unemployment. Uh, again, John, thanks for the call and the important perspective.